Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Folks, and welcome back to a new year with Strength to Be Human. This will be episode number 101. And we're going to entitle it Suspect Language. Now, this is going to be fun and interesting. It's, it's a real departure from the, uh, the weaponization on words episode we had earlier last year. Because that was really just about singular words and, and how they could be used. This is more about really the thoughts behind some of these terms that have been used in the last couple of years. Some of them became more popular in 2019. God knows I love to see them all buried because I, I not only are, are they annoying, but oftentimes they can be very distracting, even deceitful. And, and this is the problem that I have with folks when they use language in such a way that it doesn't clarify things. It doesn't help anyone understand anything. It's just it's usually meant just to distract or, or, or really just to communication is something to you that it's not. It, it's like uh, the verbal equivalent of window dressing. So what we're going to talk about about this and, and, and how this can be dangerous. I mean, remember, Orwell reminded us on how a, a society that was looking to control people, this is how they were going to act. They were going to try to infiltrate how language was used and, and that in a way to sort of like influence your thoughts or, or your feelings or even sometimes your actions. Now, um, here's what's contained in the dictatorship. I mean, we're thinking about here, this is a free society, but it doesn't mean that the language can't be invaded in such a way that it can be used to hurt people and, and to harm things and, and to simply throw you off track. It's done on a commercial basis with companies, and it's awful done through uh, political parties, and then, of course, sometimes it's even done by the government itself. So we'll give you some useful examples, things to look out for. As always, we're going to be sticking with the facts, folks, because I'm not really impressed with ideologies. There are usually some preforming ideas, and then they try to make everything fit into them. And that's not the way things work in the real world and in reality. So if you learn to detach yourself from ideologies, I don't care which one it is, you're going to find out that you're going to see things the way they should be seen. And maybe it might ask you to... You know, to to rethink things, or possibly even to take different actions, because it, it it is very, uh, I won't even say uh, annoying. I, I think it's just deeply frustrating that uh, you know, an ideology can come out of something that we thought was one way, and it's wind up doing something else, and that's really a a problem these days, and especially in the world, definitely here in America, where we we have way too much of that. Uh, what's the point of having a free society if everybody is just lying to each other and no one's really catching anything? We got all these wonderful devices that we're supposed to be communicating, and what are we really communicating? Just more lies and more nonsense. So let's learn to cut through that, folks, and this show will definitely help you to do so. Suspect language. All right, let's start it off with uh, just a little statement that I have about this. Um, I don't normally use a statement like this, but in this case, I thought it was necessary because I, I find... 
the subject uh, really in many instances appalling that we allow this to happen. And we really need to, to uh, ourselves to sort of be more alert to it all and, and, and tackle it as we as we hear it and say now. But that's, that's a bunch of baloney. Okay. All right. So we're in a day where we need to communicate better, but we wind up doing a far worse job because we hide behind wicked words that mean nothing. Words today are often like a, a Vera Rang on a fat person. It, it doesn't hide you from being fat. It, it just makes you look better. But the underlying issue is not resolved. Truth is not told. And we sink more as a society. And we become more fibers than we become intelligent, free citizens. And that's oftentimes with these words and these phrases and even some of these, uh, these thoughts, that w- what they do. I don't see how that's helpful. You know, one of the things that we'll talk about over here is, and we'll go a little deep in some instances where not only is it not helpful, but then you have to wonder, there's no way that this person or this, this, this group or this organization came up with this phrase innocently. There's no way they came up with it and they didn't realize it was actually going to go sideways or something. No, they are meaning to deceive and there's reasons for that. We'll dive into some of those because it's it's not only disturbing, but I honestly think that it harms our free society. It certainly harms any kind of understanding about things, and it definitely can harm. I I feel a democracy as as if it continues. So let's what we do what we can as writers and as thinkers to to try to stop this and and not perpetuate it. I see some of it on the Facebook as well, and remember, folks, especially from writers I see on Facebook. I got no problem knocking you over the head about it, and I got no problem communicating directly if I have to, and I've done it a few times. Our job as writers is to interpret what's going on and try to give people some interesting uh, takes on it. Our job as poets are to be poets. We're not to be parrots. That's not what we are. We're not supposed to be grabbing some knuckle, knucklehead nonsense as someone just said it on, on some serious uh, news anchor place and, and then just parrot that. That's not what our job is. That's not what we should be doing. We should be looking at things and examining things, questioning things. That's what writers do. You just don't tear off some phrase from some some dork on on, on a TV show and, and, and think this is going to be useful because it sounds cool. Look at it carefully. You're going to be surprised. And I have no problem challenging anyone on that kind of stuff. That's how the society becomes so polluted. Not because all these bad people are saying things. It's because all these good people are repeating the bad things. That's why these things happen, and that's why this pollution in our language and our society is continuing. And we only can do something about it if we start trying to take some of that back, start cutting into it, and start getting it eliminated. Tell other people this. So we'll learn some of these things on the show, and hopefully it'll have an impact for that, okay? Because it's our job, really, to help police some of this as much as we can. And don't think that it isn't. Don't think you're just supposed to write someplace, have a cafe, and then go to work. You, you have a, a role in this. You, know, you might not want the role, but it doesn't mean that you don't have it still. I'm telling you to use it because you have it. All right, let's go on to the first one here. Hate this word with all my heart, okay? Uh, synergy. Now, this is a made-up stupid word from corporations. And you'll notice and you'll hear about it almost all the time when a company is laying off a bunch of people because they had a merger, because folks, that's what mergers mean. In the end, they're going to find duplication of services and workers, and they're going to hire, they're going to lay off lots of people. Okay, so mergers on on a, a macroeconomic level, 
that means, you know, a big level, okay, is never good for the common person. Never. I'm not telling you ideology. These are just simply the facts, okay? Because in a free in a free society and in a free market, when there are less companies, because a punchism of emerging, that means there are less options for the consumer. When there's less options for the consumer, things become more expensive. On the workers' side of these sort of things, they're going to get rid of lots of people because they now have debt because no one buys anything straight out with cash anymore. It's all borrowing from this and using a little bit of that. So they're already going into the situation with debt. Well, one of the first things they're going to do when they get rid of debt is, yeah, let's get rid of 10,000 people. That'll save us a couple hundred million dollars. And then the second thing they do, this stupid word, synergy. It's just a dumb made-up word. What means in the end is that if you actually so-called fortunate one left in a company that merged, well, guess what? You're going to now get caught up in synergy because they're now going to ask you to do more work for the same pay. And in some cases, even technically less pay because you can have less pay if the company literally tells you, uh, we're not going to lower your salary, uh, but you're going to do extra work. In the end, really, you're getting less pay. Even if you've gotten the same pay, if you're doing more work for the same pay, in the end, you're getting less pay. You see? They they make out great on that. They get another person, uh, a, a job gotten rid of, they don't put their money out, and then they're making you do more work for the same money. It's a great thing for them. And, of course, I don't know how they're going to sell it to you. Hey, uh, we got this great plan. It's called you're going to do double the work and you're going to get the same money. Can you get on to that plan right away, please? No. They're not going to come out and say that, even though that's the case. It would be nice if someone ever was candid about that, but there is no such thing, unfortunately. So they come up with this stupid word, synergy. Something about it. You're connecting people together, and they're working for a common cause and for a big company, and it's all nonsense. I mean, you do what you got to do for your family, so I'm not telling you you need to go run out and quit when this happens to you. But you might want to be looking around because in the end, it's not a good deal for you. It's certainly not fair to you. It's it's a completely deceptive, made up word that doesn't even mean anything. OK, I've stepped in things in the park when I took my dog out for a walk. That was worth more than that word. OK, it's just ridiculous. At least they have words for what I stepped into. This is this is complete fakeness on a on hundred different levels. It really is. And that's why we really sort of uh, sort of oppose some of these mergers because they may be fine for companies, but they're not really fine for consumers or the average citizens out there. Remember, when we have less options, prices go up. When prices go up and we have less options, that also means that we have a lesson voice in things because they're not going to listen to you as much as before. When there are active competition in a free society, in a free market society, as it is in America, okay, the consumer reigns. What they do will alter the landscape of things. They can control the prices and bring them down. They can make them go up. There's all kinds of things they can do. They can also write letters. They can make phone calls, and people will listen. Because when you're a company competing against six other companies, and some Joe Blow says, I think you suck, and I think you should do this, you're going to listen. Yeah, well, when there's two companies left, you're not listening too much. I mean, what is a person going to say? Hey, if I don't like the way you're doing this, I'm just going to go to the other one. Really? When you only have a couple of companies left, 
they listen less, charge you more, and for the most part, do whatever they can to ignore you. Because they can. Because there's not a lot you're doing about it. It's only through competition that people have power and their prices go down. And that things get innovative. The people invent more things when it's, when it's competition. When there's less, or when it's close to a monopoly, well, no one's doing anything. They're not inventing, not innovating, they're not listening, they're not caring. They're just raising prices and laying people off. That's what they do. So you want to try to avoid all that as much as you can and, and speak out against that synergy. Stupid word. I mean, let's kill that word as soon as we can. I mean, literally, like stab it. <laughs> That's how horrible it is. Not to mention, uh, you know, economically unfair. Next, and, I, and I'm sure you guys have heard this uh, all the way across the, the, the universe over here in the last, I don't know, um, probably a couple of years, maybe three or four years. Uh, maybe, I think at least, at least three years, okay? Yeah, about three years. Now, this is a this is a word fake news. It, it's a sort of a term now that was more created and used by the, the by the Trump administration. They were very very uh, serious about using this. Now, of course, like I told you before, we're not going to be dealing with ideologies here because they don't care. I don't even trust them less than I trust these stupid terms that are people using. So we're going to stick with the facts. Okay. Uh, here are the facts, and some of them are going to be surprising to you, and maybe some of them won't be. But one of the facts is, is that that administration used that terminology because there were a number of instances where we had the news media that simply were either manufacturing things or they were editing things. Now, I don't know how horrifying you find this, but I, I find it incredibly horrifying because if you're supposed to be this journalistic outlet, Okay, and fine. I understand that you're going to have a bias. I understand that sometimes you're not always going to be objective. We're human. I got that. I don't, I'm not expecting you to be angels and saints. But I am expecting that when you say something, that you've done whatever you can to make sure that it was true, that you did a little investigation. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you purposely edit something to try to make something look bad, that's not only not investigation, you're actually manipulating the news. And when you're doing that, it is fake news, Dan. It's not, it's not true. The perfect example of this, and I've known of three of them. Now, maybe there's more out there. I don't know. So I can't tell you if there's any more of these examples. I know of three of them because I, I've heard and seen enough to, to, to understand that that's what it was. And one of the biggest things was this whole Charlottesville thing that happened with, with, with Trump. They simply edited, the, edited some of his speech and then sort of putting it out there. The next thing you know, people are calling this guy a racist. Listen, there are plenty of legitimate reasons for someone to take task with the president, the way he speaks, the way he acts, some of his legislation, some of the things he's done. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. My problem has always been, particularly with the media, is if you're going to cut things and then put it out there, you are lying. You're helping to perpetuate a different perception that should be out there. And you're not getting anything done journalistically. This is just propaganda. You, you might as well just be part of a political party then if this is how you're going to operate. And this is really what my problem is. And that's how dangerous it becomes to a free society. I'm not worried about how dangerous this is to the president or not. He can defend himself. So that's not my job over here. You know, whether he does good or not, I'm not really worried about that. But I am worried about is that if you are interested in protesting this guy, 
go and do that. You're a free person in a free society. But I'm telling you right now, as a writer, as a citizen myself, do not do this in a way that's lying. Do not do this by cutting corners. Don't do this by editing things. Because then, not only you know better than this individual you're criticizing, you're actually worse. Okay? You can't do that. And I know for the journalism, I'm extremely disappointed in that because they've done it too many times already. And it's one thing to be nonstop critical of this guy, you know, and call that journalism. Well, that that's fair playing when someone thinks that is or not. And that's not part of the show. So we're not going to really talk about that. But it is another when you've done something by cutting people's words out or putting them in a, in a different context and throwing it out there and then then labeling it on top of that. See, he's with the bad Reese's people. And then, then, of course, we have a real issue there. If you ever listen to the whole speech, and guess what? It's on all over the Internet, the whole speech. If you listen to it, you hear, you hear him clearly talking about the issues on both sides. You, you don't hear him talking about one side or the other or praising Nazis or some other nonsense. That stuff actually never occurred. Okay? That wouldn't even occur to this guy because... He's really not like that. He, I mean, I, there's no doubt about that. He's not the most sensitive fellow in the world, but he's definitely not one of those kind of people. That's just not who he is as a businessman. And as you ever listen to the record of this guy, it, it's obvious that's not who he is. But if you don't like him, I, I guess people are just going to make up stuff. And that's where fake news comes in, okay? And that's, and that's dangerous. Now, on the other side of the coin, okay, and I don't even mind taking tasks to this, People can get a little carried away with this term, including the president himself. You can't call everything that's out there that you don't like fake news. Okay, there are examples of it for real, and that's horrible. And we talked about that here already. But you know, if you don't like a story, <laughs> the way it's going, you can't call it fake news unless you got some evidence saying, "Hey, this is not based on this fact, or this is not based on that, or what's the source over here?" Or blah blah blah. But you don't, you can't just everything you don't like fake news. So this is where it gets carried away. I've seen other countries now use this same term now. So it's getting a little ridiculous. I understand in Singapore they actually have a law against it, and I worry about that because that's not exactly a free society over there. So all they gotta do is say, uh, "Yeah, I got this law about fake news. So if you say something I don't like, uh, I can prosecute you under it because uh, what you're saying is fake news." We don't want to have this also used as a way to stifle. Stifle dissent or decipher any kind of criticism, that's fine. It's just my own my own serious view, both as a writer, especially as a social writer, and, and of course as, as a citizen, is, is that there should be plenty of decent ammunition out there to criticize a person. And of course, it would be nice if you actually had a couple of constructive thoughts yourself other than just criticism. But regardless, if you just have criticism, it should at least be factually based it should at least be honest that's all i'm saying i don't think that's a lot to ask for i don't think that's boy scout morality i don't really think that's some pie in the sky thing be honest like i said if you find out the people who criticize this guy if they were honest about what they have to say there's still plenty of stuff they could be saying without having to be dishonest so don't be that way because that's how you that's how you hurt a society and it's not helpful because I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, and maybe you haven't, uh, but uh, he doesn't seem to be damaged too much by this. And, and you know why? Not because he's bulletproof, not because he doesn't have a heart or feelings. I think it's because people in the country, especially those people that voted for, for a guy like this, 
they already don't trust the, 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 the media. So when the media starts lying and editing and cutting things and people use all these stupid phrases, they even believe less. So you're not really reaching anybody that way. I mean, again, in the end, even if you're lying, you're probably preaching to the choir because the other people, they're not even listening to this. They don't believe the other stuff, let alone the lies. So I don't know how any of this is supposed to help. Come up with some better ideas against the guy and, and speak the truth. That's all you have to do. Because all you're supposed to be doing in a free society. Anything else, you know, you, you, you're just playing with fire and, and, and we want to get down to other countries where nothing, nothing is honest or useful anymore because all, all they're doing is, is, is throwing mud everywhere. You don't want to get to that point. So, fake news. Stupid term should get rid of it. I don't really think it's necessary anymore. I really don't. Call out a story if you really don't think it has the facts. You don't even need to call it a fake news story. Just say, hey, this story is suspect. This is this is ridiculous. Where do you get that from? We have every right to do that. And these folks will definitely do that. All right, next. Now, from, from the left and, and from the right side of society in terms of politics, um, the word freedom can often be used in an entirely different way. And, and, and I find it to be extremely disturbing because I believe that both sides use the word wrong and they use it for their own cause. And I don't see how it helps anybody. So from the left, it normally when somebody says freedom, it's just code for freedom from responsibility or, or from religion, from family constraints. From anything that, you know, it's going to take you from your base instincts. These are the folks that oftentimes have no problem wanting every drug on earth to be legitimized and legalized. But I think we've talked about this on, on, on the show before. These are dumb ideas. And, and, and using the word that way really, really damages the word. Okay. And, and quite frankly, I think society gets damaged too because... There never has been any kind of legitimate reason to legalize drugs, anything, including marijuana. I've heard it already, you know, but guess what? 600 million people don't have glaucoma, all right? There's a handful of people every year to get this, all right? And there's also other drugs synthetically they can use to help themselves with the pressure of the eyes. They don't have to sit over there and smoke marijuana on a park bench all day. And if they did, I don't know why we can't figure out how to do this in, 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 a, in a tightly controlled uh, a medical pharmaceutical type of matter and get it over with. We don't have to make the whole nation uh, drunk and high so a couple of people can, uh, you know, feel better about their horrible eye disease. That's the first thing. And, and of course, the second thing is, is that you've seen the expansion now on everything. I walked by a, a coffee shop the other day and they're like, yeah, we got uh, some hemp and it's now injected inside the Keurig, and then you can put it in your machine, and now you got hemp in your coffee, and it's going to give you vitality, it's going to give you this, it's going to give you that. Let me tell you something, folks. And you can do this yourself, okay? So you don't have to take my word. Do this, all right? Go to Google. And when you go to Google, go over to um, elixirs, okay? And go over to what the term snake oil. All those terms that used to be, used, people used to make up these medicinal things that wasn't medicine. It was all phony nonsense. And they'd sell them on the side of the road for a, you know, for a quick buck. And then they go to the next town and they did that. If you looked at the marketing behind that, the signs they used, the things they said when they wrote about articles in the newspaper and they would pay for the advertisement for that, you'd be incredibly shocked on how you notice how this whole hemp thing uses the same stuff. Okay. 
Now that it's now that it's quasi legal or legal or whatever you want to call it in these places now, because apparently you can sell hemp products even in states that don't allow legalized marijuana. So it, it's actually just about everywhere now. Okay, all right. It, it went before from uh, rope and everything else, and now suddenly uh, it can alleviate uh, stress. Let me see, diabetes, uh, uh, chemo reactions. Uh, bladder control issues. You could use it for your cat and dogs to keep them from getting frightened. I mean, they they made up all kinds of off-the-shelf uses for this. None of this stuff is tested. None of this stuff is proven. There you go. So, the idea of freedom and be away from these sort of things, what does that really mean then? Is it freedom from thought too? Freedom from just not thinking anymore? Yeah, I'll just go grab some of that hemp carrot coffee and I'm sure I'll feel better. Yeah, okay. Until until your job tests you, and then you wonder what, why you're getting kicked out. <laughs> I had hemp coffee, man. What the heck? It's supposed to be legal. Yeah, all right. So that's what I mean about thinking. Freedom also means that you need to be thinking for yourself, too. You can't just grab on some nonsense marketing that somebody just told you about. You know, just same thing with this marijuana thing. I think Illinois just became the 11th state that to legalize it out of 50. I don't know what they're, what they're all jumping up in joy for that, okay? I don't care if you're a pro-marijuana person or not on the on the show when you're listening. If you could just be honest with yourself and just listening to the facts, nobody there in the legislative of any of these states so far have done this because they sat back and said, I see the enormous political uh, and, and medicinal values of this, and I believe it'll lower crime, and also it'll help uh, people with cancer, and maybe people with stress, and it's a good... But no, no one's thinking like that. No one's investigating any of that. They're doing this for one reason, for money. Because ultimately, as society has gotten a little bit more permissive about this, politicians have suddenly went from being against marijuana to for marijuana. They'll come up with the whole... Yeah, it's good to lower crime, we think, and also maybe it'll help uh, people's health, okay? Have a good day. But it's all about the money. They're going to raise taxes for men. They hope to do other things in their budget with it. That's what it is, okay? That's all it is. That's all it's ever going to be. If you can't admit that, then you're really living in the dream world, okay? Which, unfortunately, you don't need marijuana then because you're already in the dream world. You don't need the dream by smoking pot. You're there already, okay? That's all this is. It's taxation. And it's dumb because eventually, you know, people are going to get immune to this in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the money involved. And then they'll have to find new new ways to do things. Or they might want to add new drugs to it. I mean, one day, you know, there'll be a $5 charge of tax for heroin or something. I mean, that's how ridiculous this is getting. But this is a bad way to help, I, I think, regulate society uh, just by grabbing money. Because when you, when you use that as a motive, anything could be that one day, you know? Every state will have prostitution and people are watching animals and be raped by, by men or something and on a film. Yeah, let's put a tax on that. It's their business. Who cares? I mean, that, that's where this gets to, from the freedom. Because when you start losing the freedom of values and, and the freedom from responsibility and the freedom from just thinking about things a little bit more carefully, you, you're hurting society for what? I don't know if anyone's noticed this or not. Colorado is a really good example of that. Um, the money isn't going so great to fill in all these gaps in the budgets. The crime isn't getting any lower. Okay? All right? 
And like I said, the list of things they put onto this, which hasn't really been tested, doesn't mean anything. Okay? I, I haven't heard anyone yet who's told me they smoke this thing on a regular basis, and now they're less stressful. I think the underlying reasons for somebody to be stressed has often to do with some emotional conflicts or maybe even some psychological things they have to work out through therapy. Because that's often depression. Marijuana isn't helping you with that. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but marijuana itself as a chemical is a depressant. How the hell is you supposed to be helping somebody with depression and you're, and you're using something that causes more depression? Just like alcohol. Yeah, man, I'm depressed, man. That's why I drink a lot. Really? Alcohol is a depressant. How the hell does it make any sense? You, you, you throw, you, you're throwing gasoline on the fire and then you wonder why uh, the flames are higher. Well, this is why. And freedom from logic, I guess, too. Bad ideas here, folks. And this is where it leads to. When people start using these terminologies in the wrong way, they think they're getting someplace, but you're not getting from freedom. You, 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 in many ways, enslaving yourself, which I find is, is the really the horrible irony in all of this. I can't wait to get away from my family and their rules, and I can't wait to get out of that church, and I can't wait to get out of that school, and I can't wait to smoke cigarettes and pot and drink a lot and everything, and oh, I can't wait. Yeah. And then two years later, you, you, you got a, a, a semi-real job at, at McDonald's, flipping burgers, complaining about you're not getting enough money as you're smoking pot and drinking, and you barely pay your car insurance, and somehow this was freedom? I don't know about you, but it, to me, it sounds like slavery. Slavery to uh, your, your, your dumb instincts, uh, slavery to drugs, and, and certainly slavery to a lifestyle that's not going to get you anywhere. When you could have been using your brain and doing something else with your life. That's the problem with all this. And so you can see where it leads to. The right side, they have their own issues and uh, when they use freedom. Because their ideas about freedom is um, freedom uh, from government. Oh, and, and freedom from taxes. Oh, yeah. Freedom from regulation. Oh, yeah. And freedom from belonging to organized groups. So let's look at that quickly. Okay. Because it, it's, it's equally <laughs> disturbing. All right. Freedom from government. Hey. I'm a person that basically believes that, yeah, you, you should have, to a certain extent, a limited government, meaning that it shouldn't be in every part of your life. I got no problem with that. Makes sense to me. But there's never going to be no instance where you're never going to have government. That's how you keep a society together. That's how you form the rules that everyone basically agrees upon. You know, red light, green light, you know, murdering people, not murdering people. <laughs> That sort of thing, okay? That's that's what government does, all right? It helps put all that into effect and, and enforce that. Maybe it's not always the greatest at times, but it still works. You can only have so much freedom from it. All right, uh, freedom from taxes. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I don't want any more taxes than I have to, but it doesn't mean, although, in the end, that you're not going to pay any taxes at all, you know? I, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that's getting up to the years to be... Uh, a senior citizen, probably in the next uh, 10 years or so. But I'll tell you something. I've heard some citizens, uh, senior citizens in my community that uh, I, mean, I, I, I told them straight out, you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Really? You, you don't want to pay too much property taxes now because it goes to the schools and you don't have kids in schools. So how fair that to you? Really? I mean, let me tell you how fair that is to you. OK, when your kids went to school 50, 60 years ago, all those other homeowners whose kids already left were paying. They were paying for your kids to go to school. So now you're going to pay for my kids to go to school. 
and then one day I'll be doing the same. That's how it's fair. It's called generations. It's not, I don't get to pay any tax anymore because I reused everything up and now I just want to escape from it. No, it's your turn. That's what it is. Before it was their turn, now it's your turn. Guess what? Sooner or later, it'll be my turn. That's the way it is. But I'm still paying the taxes for that system anyway. So it's not like I'm getting away from it. It's just that later on, my kids will be out of school and I'll have to keep doing that. That's how it works. Okay, so there's a point when, when you get this freedom thing, you get a little too carried away with it. And, and, and the, the right side of, of, of our politics doesn't seem to know how to put the faucet in there. They don't seem to know how to figure out a balance. They get carried away just as much as the left side gets carried away. You know, where 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 um, family and religion and 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 uh, and even just the basic responsibilities of life. We should have less of that. Blah, blah, blah. Well. They get a little carried away on the on the right side too. Um, regulation. Uh, we like to have less regulation. We freedom from it. Okay, fine. Too much of it can harm businesses. That can harm jobs. That can harm the economy. Sometimes rules don't make any sense. I mean, how many thousands of pages do we really need to figure out how to how to adjust the tax code or how to help somebody uh, you know report their tax in in an honest fashion? We don't really need that many. I mean, we really don't. It should be simplified. There's plenty of other things that should be simplified, too. Great. But it doesn't mean that there should be no regulation. If anyone ever remembers, and I did when I was growing up because my parents would tell me about it, uh, and thankfully I don't have to live in that kind of world anymore, but, you know, there was a time in, in America where, you know, uh, meat inspection and, and, and food inspection, and even the things that went into processed foods, wasn't regulated wasn't even governed by much of rules of anything other than the rule is, um, yeah, Joe, if uh, 3,000 people die from this, we'll, we'll yank it off the market because that means that, you know, what if we did didn't work? Well, hell, that's not a really great inspection waiting for people to die. Thanks, Mr. Corporation. So some of that regulation they have out there is, is useful because they protect the public. We need that. In other words, you're going to eat spoiled meat and, and you're going to have diseases out there and all kinds of things that shouldn't be out there in a modern society. So that's necessary. You know, there's some other business regulations that mean necessarily too. It doesn't mean you need to get carried away. So I agree to a certain extent with that. You don't want to go overboard. I know, I know in the, the previous administration before this one over here, they kind of went overboard on some of that. And this one kind of let, let some of that go to help to help business, to help the economy, to even sometimes to help the small business owner from being piled on with things. That's all fine. But you go, you do have to strike a balance. And they say, well, we don't know where the balance is because everybody disagrees. Well, there really shouldn't be a whole lot of disagreement. Okay? I mean, if you want, if you want the country to prosper, you want the economy to do well, well, you got to let people have the freedom to own their own businesses and do things. And you can't beat them over the head over it. Every little tiny thing. I mean, sure, they should operate illegally and they should operate health wise and they should operate it in a way that's not harming others. But in the end, let them go and do what they have to do. But you can't have, which I already heard uh, extremists on the right side, oh, we should have none of it. No, that's nonsense. And that person, I'm going to hit over the head because, yeah, you got to have some regulation, period. That's part of what a government is. Because if you have no regulation, what the hell do we need a government for then, first of all? Second of all, there has to be protection because you can't count on on companies to do everything the, the, the correct and the right way. 
you can't count on them to do it the correct and right way on an environmental basis, and you can't count them on, on a consumer uh, equality basis or a financial basis, and you certainly can't count them on the, on the food basis because their job is to make a profit. Their job is to try to be as efficient as possible, and unfortunately, without regulations, people will cut corners, and whenever that happens, people get sick and, and people die. And, and it shouldn't take more than you know a, a person or two for we understand that you know how dangerous this is without it. I mean, it's definitely it's never perfect even with it, but it's darn close. And it's because of those regulations. So we don't want to get carried away with that kind of uh, so-called freedom. All right. And then of course uh, the freedom of, of you know creating your own private uh, organizations or groups that you can allow in, and, and you don't want the other people in. I've heard this, uh, I don't know, probably in the last 50, 60 years of my living. Well, Mark, that's just really a veiled, coded way of saying that, you know, a, a private group doesn't have to um, admit people who they don't like for reasons of prejudice. You know, that might actually be the case. But the, but the problem with something like that is, is if a group has put together a, a, a group and they want like-minded or maybe even people look just like them, and there's a private group, if they're not getting any funds from the government, if it's nothing that's taxpayer paid, uh, we're allowed to organize freely and, and, and do what we want, as long as they're not harming anybody. So I, I don't really, I don't have a problem with that. I understand what people would think about that and would sometimes maybe even what the intentions on on having a group that way. But, you know, we, we have to we, we have to also use some, some common sense, too. I mean, because there's plenty of examples Although the Boy Scouts now change where they allow the girls in, but you know there was Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. There's plenty of organizations, you know, that just that just based on 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 the color. You know, I mean, you know, this organization is about you know black um, you know, fraternity members and, and the ones that went to there. And of course, you know, if somebody wasn't black, I mean, it makes no sense for them part of this organization. All right, I got all that. There's others, obviously, that that do things differently. So yeah, you're always going to have some of that, but. Uh, I'm certainly not someone that really cares about organizations like that because I'm not a big part of that. The only organization I'm actually ever a part of is American Legion because I'm a veteran. That's about it, you know. And and that one might only be exclusive because of uh, you know you're a veteran. Other than that, I mean, all kinds of people can can join who are veterans. But I understand that you just don't want to get. Uh, I I feel too carried away and, and and make that some some grand noble thing. Okay. Because I'm convinced, just like many other people are convinced, that oftentimes private organizations that don't get taxpayer funds, their 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 meetings and their ideas and maybe even their existence aren't exactly noble. And, that, and that's fine. It's a free society. We have to allow that even if we don't agree with that. And I'm all right with that. All right. What is going on to the next one over here? We got... All right. Now, this word is has probably become a little bit more popular, I think, in 2019 than than, than ever before. It's only a couple of years old. It's one of those annoying culture words that come out that don't mean anything, but it sounds cool and hip. Uh, and it's the word woke. OK, I mean, we've actually heard presidential candidates say this. My favorite one is uh, this guy, Beto O'Rourke, a guy from Texas. I mean. I guess why shouldn't he use a fake word that doesn't mean anything? Because, I mean, his first name is fake and doesn't mean anything. It's some ripped-off Hispanic thing, and he's not even Hispanic. 
And if you ever hear his Spanish, it's actually pretty atrocious. But he uses that a lot. And this is what it's supposed to mean, okay? Alright. It's supposed to mean that you are culturally or politically more aware than other people. Okay? So, you use this word to let everybody know that, you know, I'm, I'm hip because I'm, I'm woke to this situation. But it usually doesn't mean crap. Remember, these are the same people that use this word are the same people that were jumping up and down about that guy in Chicago who supposedly got uh, beaten by a, a homophobic racist and turns out it was just all a manufactured stunt he did to make himself look better and maybe get more money from, from the TV show that eventually fired him. Yeah, but everybody around him that was saying all this, we're woke. We're woke to this thing that there's people out there. Yeah, what does that mean? The word doesn't mean anything, first of all. And second of all, your entire intentions are idiotic because you never really investigate anything until the police themselves investigated, find out it was all uh, it was all fake. You know, I'm sorry to say we have fake news, and then of course, in, in some instances, we have fake crimes. And that we go, that's a that's a fake crime for everybody who's woke. All right, means nothing, but that harms people. It harms people. A stupid word that doesn't mean anything because if you're so damn woke. Why are you are you going to believe this guy? Why don't you just simply say, okay, fine, let's have the police investigate this. Because if this is true, well, we need to find these individuals. We need to make sure this is not some kind of recurring trend or some grand group out there or so, something like that. Or, of course, you know, make sure it's not a fake event. And, and, and it turns out it was. That's what we need. We don't need a fake word, woke, because that doesn't mean anything. It didn't help in this situation, and there's plenty of other instances, and it didn't do anything. It's just another one of those nonsensical words like empowerment. Remember that word from the Weapons on Words episode? Another ridiculous term that means absolutely nothing. And that, that's what this sort of thing does. It doesn't help the society. And, and I'm sorry to say this person that did this, all he did, he's, he harms the culture. He didn't help anybody. Okay. In fact, in, in many instances, he might have, in many some ways, harmed gay people and harmed black people, too. Because when something like that truly does happen one day, and I'm not wishing for it at all, God, God believe me, who's going to want to take that more seriously now? Now they're going to look at it with a more suspicious eye. Wait, 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 wait. Let's go look at everything. So now, when something real like this happens one day, they're going to be going through it for a fine-tooth comb to make sure. That in itself is a kind of ugliness. Because imagine being a real victim of this, and they're really looking at you like you made this stuff up. You got to give them like 17 alibis and 400 blood tests or something before you can prove that you're that you're a victim of uh, of gay hatred or, or or gay racial hatred or something. A combination of both. That's beautiful. And this is what happens with this fake stuff. It harms people. It doesn't help anything. It really does. And then, of course, I think they also blame some of this stuff on uh, on a, a political uh, party or the president or something like that. And that doesn't help anything either, because now you have people looking at it going, see, that's more nonsense. And so you don't do anything to help anybody at all, but damage the society and then damage groups that don't deserve that. It's it's really the modern day uh, equivalent of, of Quiet Wolf. That, that's what it is. This should never be this should never be done. Never at all. I know just recently, I'm not sure if it was a day or two ago, um, a policeman said that um, the, the, uh, 
the franchise, a restaurant franchise, had wrote pig on the coffee cup, and uh, apparently that was that was not true. He did that himself, and I don't know if they're going to fire the cop or not. But again, these things do not help. It doesn't help police at all. He ought to be fired because it doesn't help police when bad things happen to them, or where where places like a, like a Starbucks, which I understand uh, as a fact that at least six occurrences has happened where people had written anti-police things on the coffee cup and gave it to the cop. I don't know why anyone thinks that's supposed to be funny or intelligent. It damn sure isn't any of that woke nonsense we hear about. Because that is a sleep right there. A sleep to reality of, of people out there defending your life. And, and, and of course, a, a sleep to the respect of uh, an important pillar of the community, meaning that the police department. For all the, the bad that we hear... You know, throughout the news, uh, you you look at the numbers and it's like, what, 150 cops went bad out of, uh, I don't know, 700,000? <laughs> Have you looked at the statistics on the percentage for that? This is an organization that, uh, across the board in the United States that that takes the shots for us, literally, and dies on, on our behalf. Don't get paid a whole lot of money, actually, to do that type of job. You know, and it's like 99.7 or something like that, that don't engage in that nonsense. And that's all we get is the stories about the, the very few that do. So that's what we need to think about and, and understand. If you want to be woke about something, be woke about those factual numbers that they gave you because those numbers are real. That's not some media nonsense. Now, there, there's a lot. In, in society that is very against guns and against, you know, violence in, in, in all of that. And I can understand that because, you know, those things can be very scary. And, and in, in many instances, you know, we have far too many shootings and we don't really have a perfect solution other than, you know, take guns out of good people's hands and then hope everything's going to work out. Which it's not going to happen because it's not really a solution. That's why that sort of thing's never going to get overturned. We have yet to come up with a real solution other than really trying to figure out how we can address some of these mental illnesses in society. I mean, we've had this since the 1970s when the hospitals were pouring out of people and they closed a lot of institutions down and, and, and the homelessness had, has risen. So we have a lot of that out there for all these years and we have to deal with all that. And when people have an easier access you know, to guns and then mentally ill, well, this is not a, a fabulous combination and causes a lot of these events. But I tell you, a lot of our language doesn't help in these situations, too. When we use stupid terms like, I'm killing it, or that's street slaughter, or let's murderize this thing. I mean, we, we're really using these uh, uh, offensive terms. And, and I know we, we think it's more athletic or, you know, game gamesmanship or something about hip-hop music or whatever. But none of these terms are good at all. Because these are the same people that say this stuff at Starbucks. Probably 10 minutes after the cop got his uh, pig a cup for real. And uh, then they're out there, uh, you know, doing a, a, a candle vigil because uh, one of their friends got shot. You don't see the association with the stupid language and, and, and how in many instances you, you, you foster this kind of environment with this kind of language. And, and, and now you're out there with a, with, with a candle. I don't know. Can we have candle vigil for people that that go to too many candle vigils? Because I'm wondering about that. Because it's it's not helping or doing anything. 
You, you want to have a, a less violent society? Well, you need to start speaking less violently. That would be a good way to start that. Okay? Another, another way to start that is stop being so permissive and stop being so lackadaisical when you know there are people around you that are struggling with mental illness. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Dave, I know he has a little depression here and there. Maybe if he smokes a joint and has some brandy later, he'll like, you know, he'll mellow out and everything will be fine. Really? Yeah, he lost his father when he was uh, young. Didn't have much of a male figure in his life for all this time. And his mother's sort of in and out. You know what I mean? And uh, other than school, he doesn't really have much to himself. Uh, a person like that could be a ticking time bomb. Okay? For a convenient gun and then one day shooting himself or shooting a bunch of people and then shooting himself. I don't know if you've done any investigation about any of these shootings, but it's not uncommon to hear in the reports because I have done it. So it's more common than uncommon to hear from these reports that people around them knew that they were depressed. That they had psychological issues. That sometimes they had gun fetishes. That sometimes they said violent or wacky things to them or on the internet or to other people they knew. Yet nobody intervenes with these people. Yeah. Smoke a joint. It'll be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen to some punk music and check out this professor. He, he really knows the way of the world. Yeah, okay. So... You want to want to know why these, these violent things happen, and you want to know why they continue to happen and why we don't have any answers. Well, guess what? Some of the answers might lie in you trying to figure out how to intervene. Saying something. Hey, why don't you call this number about depression? See if you talk to somebody. See if there's anything they can help you with. Maybe I can drive you over to a place. Hey, no, why don't you put that thing down that pot and that drink because it's not helping you and let's go figure out what's going on with you. Let's go get you some help. It, it'd be incredible to hear someone do this and, and, and avert one of these situations because I really think most of them could have been prevented. Now, I'm not saying this is a perfect solution and I'm certainly not saying that this is the one answer that's going to solve all of this mass shooting because it's not. It, it, it is more complex than I'm, than I'm suggesting. But what I am saying is we're never really going to know what we can do to intervene, to help, to, to lessen, to even maybe change somebody's uh, trajectory in life if we're not out there calling it what it is and we're not out there maybe trying to help. You want to do something that's useful for society? Put down the stupid candles and vigils and go get somebody in your community, even if it starts at the city hall. Hey, why don't you guys... Uh, uh, fund uh, uh, a hotline here locally so that people can call in when they have problems like this. They have questions. They have issues. They wake up in the night and, you know, they hear voices and something. But last week they were okay. That could be right there, a beginning onset of, of a mental illness that could be addressed right away. Why don't you be doing that? Get that funded. Put that number out there. Preach that out there. Put some stickers everywhere. You got no problem putting punk rock posters all over the damn telephone poles. Well, how about you put a mental illness hotline number out there? Okay? Do something. Because I think that these things will have more of an impact on gun violence, on, on just society in, in general, than, than some of the, the nonsense that, that I hear. The non-solutions or just simply the, the complete apathy to it all. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know why it's going to happen. Or, or, or when the candidate comes to your town, they, they blame somebody else or they blame some legislation, you know, or they or they blame a gun dealer. Because, you know, when when the other guy the other day stabbed five people, um, I have really heard no one banning knives yet. I, mean, I haven't heard that. Maybe one day we'll hear that, but I haven't heard that. And you know, there's more stabbings than there are police shootings and, or shootings in general out there. So that's how you can help. That's how something can be done. That's how our language and that's how our thoughts can be used to, to really make a, a more safer society and, and, and certainly a more healthier and positive one. But allowing these stupid terms and allow some of these stupid thoughts that come out of these stupid terms, they don't make anything better. They, in, in fact, in many instances, they make things worse. And as writers and as thinkers, as citizens, there's things that we can be doing, okay, to stop this. I do my part with uh, with uh, writing as therapy for veterans and for mental illness for veterans. That's pretty much my my slice or my focus. So that's what I do. Uh, not only on on the show and in writing, but in 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 natural life as well at the VA center and wherever I could do something. You know, I got cards with a number. People can go call them. If I see somebody, if I talk to somebody, hey, get these people a call. That's what we need to be doing. Okay. No one says that you need to put huge amounts of your time in to do something like this. No one says that you need to be Mother Teresa or or, or Pope John Paul. Okay. But it doesn't take much to say to somebody, you might need help. Here's a card with this number. These people will talk to you for free, and they might be able to figure out something to help you. It doesn't take much to do, but that could change a life. That could stop somebody. You don't know what's in somebody's head. And I don't want to make this into some kind of Hollywood drama, you know. But I've had a few instances. I promise you, I, I, I swear that I felt that... Without my intervention, without me trying to get somebody in, into a, a deeper therapy or, or something that's going to help them concentrate on figuring out how to distill their issues and, and keep them from becoming violent, they would have become violent in my community, the community that I live in, that I, my children go to school in. I don't want to be on the other side of that one day, knowing I didn't try to help somebody and they're out there shooting up the school where my kids are at. This is the kind of world we could be living in if we're not trying to do something about that. You know, and I felt at least in two occasions that, you know, uh, I, I helped somebody get into a better a better state of being by, by intervening. It didn't take much to do. So if it didn't take much for me to do, how can it take much for you to do? It's not that difficult. It means actually caring a little bit beyond yourself once in a while. It means giving a damn that what you're doing for society could could make a difference, could could change something, you know? And quite frankly, you're never really going to know if you stop something bad from happening. I'm never really going to know either. But I'd like to think, you know, that my continuing to do this means that somebody out there is not going to harm themselves or harm others because now they'll be given an array of options and, and, and a measure of hope that they can grasp on long enough to, you know, get themselves out of that hole. And that's what we do as writers sometimes. We could do that as individuals as well, folks, okay? We don't need all this suspect language to, to, to muddy the, the waters of un, the understanding between any of us. Because until we realize that we can be part of, of the solution to this, and in many ways, we're, we're part of the problem. And I don't want to be part of that. 
That's why I have a show like this. That's why I write. That's what. That's why I do whatever I can on, on the outside world. Okay? Until next time, folks. I want to wish you a God bless. I'm hoping that we're all going to have a fun, exciting, and, and, and groundbreaking uh, new year here in 2020. we got many shows coming up ahead. And I'm definitely uh, uh, eager and, and excited to share them with you. Until next time. Mark Anthony Rossi. Strength to be human. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com. <laughs>